Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, I'm Bernard Lamborell, and I'm so happy I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud of being an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Don't at you from Jurassic Park. This is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I hit a dinosaur with my car. It was a Tyrannosaurus wreck. <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team of rangers who stop dinosaurs from charging. How? They take away their credit cards. Oh, I saw that one coming. <laughs> she decided to put a bomb in a dinosaur. It was dynamite, Nancy. That works. <laughs> and she has a blind pet dino. It's a, you think she saw us? Saurus. <laughs> Saurus. Yeah, you forgot the Saurus. Get Sora, the name sorry, right. Sorry. His name is Frederick. <laughs> so that was your car. That was yeah, Christina. Everything I have is named Frederick. And she has a loud sleeper dinosaur. It's a Snorosaurus. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. just me. He's <laughs> yep. in the living room the other day and I was trying to figure out what the hell is that noise? <laughs> That's probably one of the cats. <laughs> You're probably Ladies, right. Welcome back. Hope you had a great week. Always a great week. There's a lot going on. And today we're going to be talking to uh, the owner of the uh, YouTube channel Holy Kool-Aid, Thomas Westbrook. Ooh. We had a fun time with him. But first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. All right. Well, uh, did you hear, guys hear that, uh, you know, Soji123? We've yeah. been going back and forth with that. It was actually adopted by Richmond, the school district in Richmond. Oh, Ooh, yes, I had good. seen that. Yeah. Well, that's a diverse... Uh, area, so mm. I, I, I can see. Hopefully, they're not going to have a whole lot of um, protests for that. How's it doing? Do you know? Well, I, they, they just adopted it by the council at a six-to-one vote, so uh-huh. it's it's through. And Richmond six- was one of uh, Richmond was one of the last uh, school district to uh, to uh, adopt the program. Hmm. Uh, for our, maybe our American listeners, Soji One Two Three is uh, stands for uh, uh, sexual orientation, gender identification. And it's a, basically a program between that was done between the Ministry of Education, the BC Teachers Federation, University of BC faculty, and LGBT groups. Mm. So basically a program that tells kids, you know, don't be a dick just because people are a bit different than you. So that's good news in that sense. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Um, did you guys hear that uh, apparently Harley Davidson decided to, uh, they're leaving uh, some of their, uh, their, uh, their, uh, Plants actually can start going to go build some uh, motorcycles in Europe due yeah. to the tariff war. Yeah, they've they've been that. on a they've been on a real ride with Trump. In yeah, favor out of favor. Yeah, exactly. You know, Trump making was a lot so of money, not making a lot of money. Exactly. The yeah. Milwaukee-based company decided to shift some of their production to avoid the twenty-two hundred dollar tariff per motorcycle that would cost them for to export the uh, to the EU. Wow. Um, 
the United the uh, European Union represents about sixteen point four percent of their sales, and um, their tariff the, the the estimate will cost them between ninety and a hundred million dollars a year. Yikes! Yeah, I, 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 are you guys I, winning yet, Americans? Are you winning yet? Yeah, are you are, are you basically on? I I'm, I should preface that by saying I'm basically on their side. I can certainly uh, agree it's with business, them. It's business, right? I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, a Harley-Davidson motorcycle, especially with the, with the, it's already a more expensive motorcycle than the average bike. Mm-hmm. I own one, so I know. Mm. Um, I mean, I hate to see people lose their jobs, especially, uh, yeah. you know, in this in this economy, that's a bad thing. And it's such an iconic um, American American. Institute, I guess yeah. you could call mm-hmm. that. So, uh, really, a bit of a black eye to Donald Trump and his policy. So, anyway, yeah. so. I- I'm hoping for two black eyes, but one is a start. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a broken nose, <laughs> a chipped tooth. <laughs> so, uh, last week we talked a bit about uh, how uh, Canada legalized weed. Woo. You know who's not happy with us because we did that? America? No, <laughs> Russia. Seriously, Russia's really? not happy with Canada. For oh, that. let's reverse the policy immediately. We don't want to. We don't, don't want, want get anything Russia to, to be mad at us. Putin. Well, apparently Russia says, says that legalizing weed goes against the, the uh, what the G7 agreed to fight the drug trade. Yeah, but if anyone actually uses their brain, they'll realize that how to stop like gangs. You can still fight the drug trade well, even though you legalize the weed. But the thing right? is, if you legalize. I'm crazy and I want all drugs to be legal because then you take it out of the cartel's hands and then the government can regulate it. They yeah, can but how's Nancy going to make a living then? Exactly. Sorry, Nancy. You have to go to business. But um, but, like, back to but then you can make sure the drugs that people are getting are, are pure. They aren't laced with random stuff that's going to be detrimental. You can make sure that people are comfortable going into recovery programs because then they aren't going to be arrested. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like legalizing drugs is the way to get rid of, like, the cart, like the gangs around them. It's like when Amer- when alcohol was l- illegal, you had tons of gangs and stuff surrounded around alcohol because people couldn't get it legally. And then you make it legal and it disappears because you can just go to your corner store and get a six-pack. Exactly. You don't even have to go anywhere. You can order it on Skip the Dishes. Exactly. You can get it <laughs> delivered to your house now. <laughs> okay. It's, it's such practical common sense. It'll never fly. Yeah. yeah. We're pretty high already on this show. Yeah. <laughs> common sense? What's that? What's <laughs> all that smoke? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys hear that uh, the ex-Prime Minister uh, Stephen Harper oh. decided to meet with Donald Trump. Yes. Oh, he's gonna go and try to. But like, what? What? Is, he's gonna try to kiss ass, isn't he? What is he going to talk about? Like, uh, what? What use does Donald Trump have for Stephen Harper? Well, this this is only speculation at this point. But what I think is gonna happen here, he's gonna try to suck up to Trump, and he's gonna try to make it look like he'd rather deal with conservatives than deal with the liberal Trudeau. And of course, Andrew Shear is going to benefit from all that. That's my. That's my. That's only my yeah. opinion. But if I could see that, I, I wonder if because I know Canada has laws against outside, like people not in our country, like telling people how to vote. Mm-hmm. I wonder if because don't we have an election next year? Uh, is it next year? I think it is. Or it's soon. I've yeah, lost track, soon. yeah. Yeah, like when. It, we do have an election. I wonder if Donald Trump will 
chime in on our election and tell people how to vote. Yes. Dipstick that he is, probably. I, I think that's the plan. But then, isn't that illegal? Well, yeah, but it's 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 legal for maybe a personal uh, a person a regular citizen to do so. But if the president of the United States says, you know, I'd rather deal with the conservatives than to deal with the liberals, then it's kind of kind of put the pressure on the liberals to play gentle with our American friends because apparently we like to bend over but, for but Americans. But the thing is, I, I but have, can I, 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 I? You disagree? I wonder if. Because Canadians in general really don't like Trump right now, it's only the crazy wackaloo ones, <coughs> my family, um, <laughs> who like Trump. <laughs> I wonder if him supporting the conservatives will actually be a detriment to the conservative party. I was just thinking the same thing. Because if if Trump's like, you should like vote for liberals. I mean, not liberals, sorry, conservative. We, if can Canadians would be like, oh, he likes them. We don't like him, so maybe we, we shouldn't. Know, we know by the numbers that in the United States and in Canada, about one-third of the population of the country votes conservatives. Yes. Uh, and, and they always come out to vote. The reason conservatives still win today, I maintain, I, I still stand by that, is there's two ways. Either they cheat, which is not an easy thing to do, especially here in the country, or they keep the people apathetic. When people are apathetic, they don't go out to vote, the conservatives go in. Mm-hmm. And this is what they're yeah. probably part of their strategy. I, I think that the evangelicals, I think there's a religious component to this. Oh, about to be, I mean, yeah. there's there, but I don't know. I, I I haven't dissected it to know exactly, you know, what each side of the border is going to get out of mm-hmm. it. But um, I I think there's there's something brewing there. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. What 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 the effect is going to be politically? I don't know, but um, I'm sure all of our American listeners are really fascinated <laughs> by hey, all of this. Hey, but hey, but they we, need to we, listen because it's are... going to, it's going to make a difference yes. down the line. We are the America's uh, Future Refugee Program. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so th- they should be interested in our politics because, you know, when they run away from America they to might our, have to deal our with haven them. up That's north, <laughs> they'll have to deal with it themselves. <laughs> Was it the main, uh, the, the hand means tail there? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. When the country turns like that. Um, and, you know, for uh, this... this I hate the uh, one last thing on this. I hate the hypocrisy of it all, oh because when Stephen Harper was prime minister, if Paul Martin or Jean Chrétien would have done pull a move like that without consulting the prime minister first to go see a, a, a another politician like that in, in the United States, uh, they would have been hell to pay. Yeah, and you know it's a big no no. You don't do that, but you know. Conservatives don't care. They don't no, care. They, they, as long as they win, they they, they really don't give a special. crap. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, last but certainly not least. You guys heard about the Maryland shooting? Yes. At the Polis uh, local newspaper. There's a guy named Jared Ramos, 38. Uh, came in with a shotgun, killed five. Apparently, he planned the attack. And then after that, he hid under a desk. And the cops uh, caught him and basically handcuffed him. And uh, what I find interesting about this is this happens just a couple of days after, you know, remember that moron, what's his name, Milo Yanopoulos, whatever. Yanopoulos. Yanopoulos, whatever his idiot name is. <laughs> Um, starts talking about people should go out there and shoot journalists. Oh, well, look at that. All of a sudden, it's like, remember Pizzagate? It's like the same thing, you know? Oh, people should really go in there with guns and really stop the pedophile ring in the pizza, yeah. in the pizza place. And lo and behold, some idiot does it. And and Trump has been call, talking about oh how the press is the enemy of the people and boom there yeah. he goes. I, I, well, the first the first thing that I think most of us thought was 
it's an attack on the journalists spurred by Trump and the fake news. You know, yes. these people are the worst people in the world and enemy of the people, enemy of the state. And um, I had to really stop myself and say, oh, my God, you know, my mind immediately goes to that kind of bias. And as it turned out, Mr. Ramos had a running feud with the paper due mm-hmm. to a defamation article and a suit that lasted for about two or three years and there's been a lot of animosity mm-hmm. and emails exchanged and, and so forth so there's a history there but it's really a shame that the first thing you think about is it's a result of the politics but I think that's the world we live in but well, maybe, I, maybe that was the, the, the last straw for that guy right I, I think we, yeah we don't know because he's not talking at least as of yesterday he, he really wasn't saying very much or if he was they're not reporting it I, I think that, like, I personally don't think, like, uh, Milo's comments really had any impact on it. Cause he, like, his comments weren't, like, widely spread before, like, this actually happened. But I, I definitely think the uh, current United States administration, their, their, t- their continued demonizing of the press mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, sp- that has in, in spread out through the Republican base that like it becomes people's opinions. They start to think that, oh yeah, all, all this all this press that is against our president is is evil and like is horrible and it, it dehumanizes them. And if this man was the the person who went and just shot these people, if he had been listening to say Fox News or just the president's rallies and where he's speaking and dehumanizing the press that's against him, that might have changed his the last little perception he needed to be like, okay, well, I can just go kill these people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I because, mean, how is that different? The, the president's words affect people. Yeah. How is that different? We're atheists. How is that different than from the guy who just looks at the Bible to justify killing something? Yeah. That's the same phenomenon right, right here. Instead of using the Bible, they use the president's words. Yeah. It's the same phenomenon. So anyway, yeah. we'll have to keep it, an eye it on that. It's too. hard to know, but at this point, it really seems as though it was a um, a, a, a feud that started yes, yeah. several years ago. It, it wasn't someone, and, a random person. Yeah, what it was that made him oh, snap. Oh, I want to go shoot any yeah. journalist. It was yeah. these so, specific people. So what, you know, what made him snap and say, okay, today I'm going to take care of those people that have you know, uh, hounded me and and I, I've had all these lawsuits and nothing is going really well. Who knows what it was? The terrible maple, been, the terrible maple syrup made him snap. Yeah. <laughs> My dear Nancy, you got a top 10 for us. Of course I have a top 10. I always have a top 10. He always okay. does have a top 10. Absolutely. Um, I thought it would be interesting to um, talk about who, what corporations are the richest it, because we always read about different corporations that are rich uh, or making a lot of money, um, but we really never get the bottom line. How rich are they and how do they stand in comparison with other um, other corporations? We, we should all guess which is going to be the top. You know, it's funny you say that because I checked this morning. <laughs> I checked the uh, Left at Valley stock. Mm-hmm. We actually owe money now. <laughs> <laughs> I think Amazon's going to be at top. <laughs> well, let's see. We're, we're going to have to have a strategy so we can figure. Maybe we could get to be number eleven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll see. Okay. Number Start 10. selling weed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> number ten 
Procter and Gamble. Oh, so no it's not there. a big tech company. It's not. It's just you know every day doing the dishes. And, they do proctology, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pro- proctology and gamble. I guess. They gamble. Are we, on are we a proctologist? They gamble on your prostate. Pro- gamble on your proctal. Yeah. So anyway, so they. Um, they go back to actually Civil War. Wow. Procter & Gamble. Yep, they do. Anyway, they're worth 83 billion bucks. Hmm. Yeah, not small Chump change. Chump change. Chump change. Yeah. Number nine, IBM. Uh, yeah. And they're worth 112.5 billion. Oh my would gosh! Would you have thought they would have been higher up no. on our scale? Or? No. Well, I, IBM is one of those companies that you know. Remember when computers first started out? You, you hear IBM all over the place. Now you can't even think of IBM. It doesn't even cross my mind. You know? Yeah. You yeah. think of Microsoft, you don't think IBM. Yeah, IBM had the glory days, and now, but but still, they, they probably nine, like diversified their stock a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. At, at any rate, um, they uh, they're still hanging in there. Number nine, number eight, AT and T. Ah, really? A hundred and twenty-six thousand seven hundred and twenty-three billion, and yep. probably going up a little yeah. as we speak. Because they yep. own a lot of other stuff as well. Like they're not just a cell carrier. Yeah, they go through a lot of the baby, what they call the baby bells or infant bells as well. Here's a company I've never heard of. Maybe you have, Kevin. You're up on a lot of this stuff. Number <laughs> seven. way more credit I deserve. It's called Berkshire Hathaway. Ooh, I haven't heard of that. No, and I don't know. they are worth $143,688 billion. Bucks. And they started out as two separate material assembly organizations, uh, one in Rhode Island and one in Massachusetts, and soon they got to be one of the richest organizations in this year, 2018. Wow. Um, their fortune hasn't developed, but they work um, as an insurance firm with major interests in GEICO and major presence in the money industry, clothing and jewelry. Mm-hmm. And it utilizes 260,000 individuals. And as of now, it's one of the wealthiest organizations on the planet. And they are below the radar, aren't they? Yeah. You should totally invest in a show like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, a more familiar, General Electric. $147.3 billion. Um, and, and I guess they're, they're doing okay. I don't know how, whether they've gone up or down on the, on the list, but I think they've always been pretty much in the, in the mm-hmm. top ten. Number five, which we probably would think would be a little higher, Apple. Really? Well, I'm, I'm not surprised that it's not higher. Because the thing with Apple is I don't think they are in a lot of things. They're very specific. Yeah. You know what I find yeah. interesting about Apple is <laughs> had this been the 60s, remember the, the movie Forrest Gump and he yeah. invested in Apple? You know, somebody had come to me in the 60s and say, yeah, I'm really going to invest money in a freaking company that's named after a fruit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. Who does that, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You never, you never, you, you can never tell you never you know, know, about right? how, you never how know. things are going to go from one generation to the next. Number four, Toyota, 236 billion bucks. So wow. they had a downturn when they had all of the, all of the problems, mechanical problems, but they've, they've done well. They've, they've uh, um, worked their way back up. Yeah, they've, 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 they've recovered from, from all of that. Anybody here own a Toyota? Other I than do. Me? Yep. Yep. 
Yep. Good. They're good cars. I love my car. Yeah, they're good little cars. Number three, speaking of uh, Toyota, number um, number three, Chevron. Oh, put nice. The, put the gas in your Toyota. I was wondering when they would be an oil yeah, company. With the oil there. company, yeah. At number three, mm-hmm. 253,706 billion bucks. Wow. A critical oil organization. And they really haven't, uh, they haven't converged a lot with, with other oil companies, but they've been around since the 1800s. Yeah. Okay, number two, getting critical here. Anybody want to guess what the number two company Exxon is? Exxon Mobil. Number two, Walmart. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> thousand wow. nine hundred billion 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 you billion. think wow. with them being so rich they could treat their employees a little better yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the waltons the owners of the, the the walmart are notoriously cheap yeah notoriously cheap probably why they have so much money still yeah <laughs> that's why I yeah but how much money you need you got a billion dollars in your account you, I know, you right? really need to be stingy it's like come on you'll never yeah. spend all that money yeah but i mean they they sell basic need stuff and they sell them at a price that uh, all of us can afford they're competitive and um, regardless of their politics they they know how to run they know how to run a huge business mm-hmm. okay here we go Amazon am I right Amazon. Exxon uh, Exxon Exxon well I thought you were going to say Amazon yeah no not wait Amazon. Amazon's not even Exxon. there yeah you were weird you were, Number two. That's why I was very quiet with number two. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, Exxon. Here we go. Four hundred and eighty-six thousand four hundred and twenty-nine billion. Racking it up as we speak. Wow. Yeah, they they were conceived in nineteen ninety-nine when Exxon and Mobil consolidated to to make a greater greater company, and their of course enterprise centered around gas and oil manufacture. Um, started really in the 70s, but um, they've had their they've had their share of problems with the Valdez spill and so forth yeah. and so on. But they're still yeah, still they, number one. They could probably afford to buy another planet. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, anybody anybody Mars. that you would have expected to be on that list. Well, I was kind of expecting Amazon. Amazon, Amazon yeah. Uh, yeah. I was Maybe actually, they're number 11. I was expecting to see Amazon before Walmart. Actually, I'm surprised at that. Yeah. I, yeah, I would I would have been too. I would have thought they may be, um, you know, maybe 15, 14, yeah. or maybe in through there they just didn't make it to the top 10. So do you think Amazon would have a chance of, of being that big to, to where they would be maybe the next little bit? Maybe. Well, I think because Amazon's actually, I don't even know if they've, because I know the owner of Amazon, he owns a lot of other stuff as well. That's how, he, like, the business mm-hmm. can still run. Because I know... I, Thinking actually now, because Amazon, I'm pretty sure, actually runs at a deficit. Well, they've got the Washington Post as well. Yeah. Because yeah. they, when they started out, I know that they were, weren't were making their money back. But because the dude was so rich, he could just kind of still I, I was it. also expecting to see Nike there. Really? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, don't they even have a seat at the UN? They're a big corporation, too. Mm-hmm. Nike has a seat at the U.S. I that's think so. Terrifying. Think, Coca-Cola, for example, that's another one. Right? But the thing is, some of these companies might be owned by these bigger companies. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
Well, they would have to be, since Procter & Gamble's number 10 at $83 billion, mm -hmm. all of these companies are making slightly less than $83 billion, which ain't too bad. No, it's not, yeah, not too shabby. I mean, considering that we owe, we, we don't have as much money as we thought with our Left at the Valley. No, stock. no, but you know your your employer, the League of Shadows Assassin Club, they're, uh, they're, they're getting up there. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Well, we have a challenge. To, to, we have a challenge to make the top ten. <laughs> the left of the valley is going to go top ten. Yeah, right. I really think we might if we actually invest in weed now, guys. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be big. <laughs> we'll call ourselves high in the valley at that point. Oh my gosh, my dear Kirsten. Yes. Do you have another brilliant moment? I do have another brilliant moment. Brought to you by religion. All right. You guys remember that school that we talked about a little while ago where the students were had to read Bible verses as punishment? I've got a bit of yes. an update on that one. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Not the, not the gravesucking school, the other one. Yeah, no, not that one. <laughs> that that, that was great. That's, this isn't the, <laughs> the <Hogwarts>. entirely <laughs> insane school. <laughs> this one only had a couple of crazy people. Um, just as a reminder, North Bend High School's principal, Bill Lucero, and the school resource officer, Jason Griggs, were accused of telling a student she was going to hell for being gay, oh punishing gosh. LGBTQ students more harshly than other ones, and equating homosexuality to bestiality, and students were also disciplined by having to read Bible verses. Yes, yes, I remember that. Could you All choose that crazy your Bible fun verses? Stuff? Probably not. <laughs> Song of Solomon. <laughs> There's not a lot of good verses in the Bible. Hey, no, but Song of Solomon's basically porn. <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. You keep your donkey thing to yourself. <laughs> you want to see bestiality? I'll show you bestiality. <laughs> the comments of Christina, not the Salinos of Left the Valley subsidiaries. And <laughs> Please carry on, dear. And it was only because of two that two because two students told a counselor about these problems that things finally started happening, and there were finally some consequences. And in a settlement between the district and the ACLU of Oregon, Lucero and Griggs were removed from their jobs with the promise that Lucero would no longer work anywhere in the high school as principal or, or as principal of the middle school. The ACLU's director even said at the time that settlement sent a clear message to everyone in the district. If you break the law by discriminating against LGBTQ students or engaging in religious uh, proselytization <laughs> at school... There are serious consequences. Well, they're not that serious. They they didn't follow through as, as well as we had hoped they would. The district announced that while Lucero would no longer be principal, he would be reassigned next year as vice principal oh, of the middle school. Oh, my gosh. The current principal there will move to be the principal of the high school, and the current vice principal will become the principal of the middle school. That sounds like shuffling. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just yeah. shuffling. It's kind of like the Catholic Church. <laughs> the district is confident that these new administrative teams will be able to successfully assist the district in moving forward. While the reassignment doesn't conflict with the settlement, it still raises all kinds of questions, like why would it be any better for him to be in charge of even more vulnerable children? Or what are his thoughts now on LGBTQ students? Um, without clear answers to those, it's hard to see how this will be better for everyone. So there was no censure, there was no slap on the wrist, there was just move from here to there and take all your belongings. Yeah, instead of he, principal, you're a vice principal now. He won't be principal, he's not working in the high school, he's vice principal of the middle school. 
wow. with younger kids younger exactly kids, yeah. are easier to take advantage They don't talk back as much. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. The ACLU of Oregon was also frustrated with the change, stating, It is troubling that people with a clear track record of violating student rights will remain in positions of power in the district. It is also concerning that the district still has not acknowledged the harms they have caused our clients and other LGBTQ students in North Bend. Administrators and students in North Bend should know that the ACLU of Oregon will closely monitor the implementation of the settlement to ensure that students do not continue to face discrimination. So they're still keeping a close yeah. eye on this, which is good. But uh, yeah. But, but the message that it that it sends, you know, is that well, you know, it's uh, maybe I got I got caught and so forth. But really. I'm 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 still vice principal. Yeah, the, the message so is they, the message is you you complain you complain like, although justified is unimportant. Right. So as long as long as I don't bring it out in the open, wink wink, nod nod, I can still hold yeah. the same beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So I just have to be more careful now. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. We're gonna hear about this again, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I will. I will keep you updated if I see anything more on it. Thank yeah. You. All right. Now for the wackaloo, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Rainbows are in danger. Uh, oh, no. no. They're in danger. Did somebody grab the Lucky Charms? <laughs> <laughs> they have unicorns now. I was just going to say that. What? There's unicorns in Lucky Charms now. Get it's out of the here. They're even magical. more magical. The unicorn oh. in Lucky Charms? Yes. Yes, they just added it. It makes me so happy. I need to buy Lucky Charms now just for that. <laughs> All right. Angry Christian activist Linda Harvey wants to trademark the rainbow to prevent it from being raped by gays and lesbians. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait, now, Kevin, you you're up on things. You know you've been reading those underground stories about rainbow raping, don't you? Tell me rainbow raping. Don't you tell me that you're not familiar. It's a whole category <laughs> on porn. <laughs> <laughs> Show me a rainbow rape for <laughs> How do you rape? Oh, God. Oh, nah. Brain does not compute here. Brain does not compute. Oh, please go on. Please go on. I did say, here comes the wackaloo. Yeah. <laughs> In a recent column for the World Net Daily, Harvey wonders, can we trademark the rainbow? While complaining that the sweet rainbow image has been violated and raped by homosexual sin. (laughs) The sweet rainbow image has been violated, raped by and raped by the deluded and fraudulent. And it now serves too often as a garish signpost for slavery to grave homosexual sin from (laughs) shameful pride parades to hats, t-shirts, wristbands and buttons sold at Target or Walmart. Sexual deviance is being colorfully and arrogantly proclaimed from America's rooftops. At once both ludicrous and malicious, a breathless Harvey continues her absurd, hateful rant. <laughs> Outrageous that the rainbow has fallen, you know, and, and been degraded. Yeah, the you, rainbow. it, used to, it rainbow. used to just be the symbol of mass genocide. <laughs> <laughs> it's clear God did not intend for the rainbow to represent rebellion, iniquity, and division. So how did this precious symbol become the banner with few objections for human depravity, lust, defiance, and heresy? (laughs) Rainbow flags are flown in America from some government buildings at some of our embassies, and these colors on several occasions even lit up our White House under the former regime, thank God. (laughs) From shameful pride parades to hats, t-shirts, wristbands, and buttons. Yeah, it's being... It's just... 
It's everywhere, guys. Oh, hold on, hold on. I, I hold on. It's I, even on sidewalks. I, I don't think. Yes. Hold on. I don't. I don't think we have the appropriate music for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And of course, it wouldn't be a good Christian rant without the threat of an eternity in the bowels of hell. The rainbow's current use by sexual anarchists turns hope into a license for sin. Rainbow adorned clergy, you are in some you are in for some hot eternal times, unless repentance comes along soon. Needless to say, Harvey is a dangerous Christian extremist who will demonize the LGBTQ community at every opportunity. She's a big believer in the supposed gay, gay agenda and frequently claims that public schools are training our children to become homosexuals. <laughs> They're training okay. I haven't heard that one before. I want to see the camp for that. The training camp for that. I mean, her, is, is she best friends with the Swish lady? <laughs> I mean, do you, you think that... They might I, be. I, they, there's a, you know, they're, they're, I see a compatibility there. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm a, a trademarking, trademarking yep. the rainbow. There you go. As for the rainbow, conservative Christians often express rage and frustration that the rainbow is now a symbol of pride for the LGBTQ community. Earlier this month, after Facebook added rainbow flag emojis in honor of LGBTQ Pride Month, some Christians expressed outrage and some popular Facebook pages began banning anyone daring to use the rainbow flag emojis. In another instance of rainbow rage earlier this month, Facebook's favorite Christian, Joshua... Oh, I'm going to butcher the... Fruitstein, yeah. Yep. Fat man in a red hat. Delivered an angry rant to his millions of followers because a few McDonald's restaurants decided to place rainbow stripes on their french fry boxes. <laughs> oh, my God. Bottom line, <laughs> Linda Harvey, dangerous Christian extremist, wants to trademark the rainbow because the gays. Yeah. That sounds like a Cards Against Humanity card. So, so, so what are they going to do? Okay, <laughs> let, let's, let's, let's say, for example, they do, okay? They, they trademark the rainbow. Then what? Are they going to sue every LGBT group out there? Oh, of that course. would be Why not? How would I would like to see that? them try. They don't care how they do it. It's just the rage of of saying this belongs to us and not to you. So if they trademark the rainbow in the United States, but there's a rainbow here in Canada, do we culturally appropriate the rainbow also? <laughs> Is that what we just did? We just steal the rainbow from the U.S.? Uh, I want to see... I, I just want to see how they think they're going to trademark the rainbow. That's the first step. That, that's the thing I, I want I don't to think too. she actually yeah. knows anything about trade, trademark. No, <laughs> trademark, yeah. I don't, I don't think she we, understands We need to talk to Andrew Torres for that. No, mm-hmm. I, know, right? I don't think so either. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and then, of course, Mother Nature putting out all I know, those right? rainbows after the exactly. rainstorm. Could you that, imagine her running after... Running toward a rainbow? Like, with... Trying to like sue it. <laughs> you aren't allowed to be in the sky. Except she's like, that's God. It's God. It's God's yeah. rainbow. Oh, she's yeah. reminding us of that mass genocide he did. That's right. <laughs> Remember that mass genocide? We had to pay for that. No, I think I think we ought to get the Swisher lady and the, and the rainbow lady together. I think they some, could they could talk. keep us in, in a, a brilliant moment for the next eon so what, centuries. So, so they, they trade the, the the trademark the rainbow, but then you and I go across the border with a prism and we just shine light through and break the light into the different colors and to make it into, into a rainbow. Then what? They sue us too? Well, 
would they sue, sue us physics? or would they sue the prism? Because we're I, just shining a light through the prism. I, I think that's it's creating more the if rainbow. Like a company tries to use it because that's more either way we're depraved. Oh yeah, either yeah, I mean, way. That's it. It's obviously the atheist demons. Yeah. the thing is, and the pedophile vampires from last week. Like me as a citizen, I can draw the Nike, like check mark. I don't get sued for that, but if I tried to use that exact same check mark on a purse, then yeah, that's a trademarked thing. So like, gay people could still use the rainbow. Like, but as long <laughs> as they don't use it where, on a and, flag. And, and then is it just the the normal rainbow? What about like the like the created for like the different gender identities, like the bisexual flag or the trans flag, like? Yeah. Are those counted? <laughs> these, these these people obviously are speaking to an audience that can't think things yeah. through at all. No, they they no. just you know say, oh yeah, it's God's rainbow. Why? Because some book says so. No, it's wherever rage will take you. Yeah, you know, it's, that's, it's, it's just it's a rage. It's another great a, example of that Christian love we hear so much about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, before we stop our chit chat. I would like to wish everybody in our listening audience a very happy Canada Day. Mm. Tomorrow it's yeah. Canada's birthday. It's 151 years well, old yeah. and there are celebrations going on all over the place and lots of beer, lots of fireworks, lots of fun. And uh, also want to give a shout out to everybody who's going to be celebrating July 4th, south of the border. Let's hope for a we beat yeah. you by three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, let's just hope. Uh, let's just hundred, hope like that there's a better long, year. <laughs> that that when they celebrate the, the the birthday of the United States, they they look forward to a good celebration yeah. of I'd, democracy I'd restored. Have, hey, everybody south of the border, have fun playing the game. Was that fireworks or a gunshot? <laughs> <laughs> and just a little note on the Canada Day with the fireworks, guys. Please keep your pets inside. Yes. They don't yes. like the loud noises, yeah. and I would hate for anyone to lose their pets. Yeah, no, mine freak out every every yeah. year. Keep your small pets and podcasters inside. Yes. You get easily skittish and afraid. We're easily startled by loud noises and bright lights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you so much, ladies. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Thomas Westbrook yeah. of the Holy Kool Aid Channel. Don't drink the Kool Aid. Don't drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> or in this case, you want to drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> well, no, you can like hold the Kool Aid, look at the Kool Aid, just sniff the Kool Aid. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe we'll ask him about Rainbow Kool-Aid. <gasps> yes! We'll be right back. Does the Kool-Aid have alcohol in it? <laughs> in a world torn apart by a lack of reason. Or and I think it should be religion treated with ridicule and hatred and contempt. And I claim that right. In the morning. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Stanley from the Right to Reason podcast. And if you subscribe now, you'll get free. Learn more about the broadcast at therighttoreason.com. What happens when you're an atheist living inside the Canadian Bible Belt? If you're like me, you gather some friends and take to the airwaves. So I invite you to take a left to the valley and find out where you stand in this world. Follow us on iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, Stitcher, Blog Talk, or leftofthevalley.com. Atheists, skeptics, and humanist radio, no God required. 
anti-Semitism was preached as an official doctrine of the church until 1964. Do you think that might have something to do with public opinion in Austria and Bavaria and Poland and Lithuania? That the, the Jewish people were accused collectively as a people of deicide, of the crime of the murder of God in the figure of Jesus of Nazareth. And that, that anathema on them was not lifted until 64, well after the uh, perpetrators of the Holocaust had stood trial in secular courts and been rightly punished for their actions. How can this church say it has any moral superiority? It has difficulty catching up to what ordinary people regard as common moral and ethical sense, and it still can't make itself apologize properly. All right, so our next guest is the owner and the provider, I guess, of the Holy Kool-Aid channel and also the Here and How podcast. <laughs> Kevin, get a grip. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Thomas Westbrook, thank you so much for coming to Left of the Valley. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. And you say that now. We can get through with us. Hey, we're nice. We're Canadian. If I know Our we're nice, setting. we're just maybe a bit much for them sometimes. <laughs> Thomas, you're, you're quite popular south of the 49th, but north of the 49th, you might not be as well known. Maybe you'd be so kind to give us a brief introduction as to who Thomas Westbrook is. Well, so I was um, born in California, but I grew up overseas as a missionary kid oh, in really? a Muslim country. And I, after falling in love with science in college, I wound up... Um, becoming an atheist, which is kind of a, a, a bit of a shock to my family, but they're, they're getting used to it. And now I make videos trying to do uh, science communication, as well as talking about various topics like religion and philosophy, and just educate people, try to make the world a little bit better, and try to, to promote you know, scientific advancement and technological breakthroughs, as opposed to just wallowing in religious backwash. Yeah, okay, so it's just, this is interesting because we don't hear a lot of kids growing up and they have a, like a typical story, but you you were actually overseas. Whereabouts overseas were you, did you go? Well, so I've, I mean, I've been all over. I don't want to give the exact country just because, you know, if my parents are still there and stuff, I don't want it to negatively affect oh. them and their work um, or for them to get kicked out or something. But I have been to everywhere from Afghanistan to Turkey Wow. And a lot of places in between, but I, I grew up in the the former Soviet in a former Soviet country. Oh wow! So I was there right after the fall of the Berlin Wall. I got to see how the the countries in that area arose out of severe poverty, and you know there's still a lot of that there, but it's it. The world is a changing place. Okay, well I'm gonna take a complete tangent here because I had no idea about this about you, but I gotta ask you. You know, then when people say, "Oh, you know." Godless communists and all that. What 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 is your uh, your your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, most most people over there they say like ninety nine percent of them are Muslim, mm. and they they'll say you know oh like it's you know it's it's a part of their culture, but they're so you know secularly minded. Most of them don't fast. Most of them don't pray, and it, it varies so much from country to country. Obviously, if if you're in somewhere like Saudi Arabia, you're going to have a lot more religiosity than if you know you know you're in somewhere like Kazakhstan. But at the same time, you know, the, the Soviet Union, most of the people in it were had some belief in God in, in Russia, at least. There was, you know, mostly Orthodox, Russian Orthodox. Um, you have um, areas that have a significant Muslim population. There were atheists, too. But 
it wasn't you know atheism doesn't lead to communism it's yes. like communism is a, a path a political path that you can take but it's it's separate from you know you can be a an atheist and a capitalist you can be an atheist and a communist you can be an atheist and you know a nihilist or a sadist or a, you know a humanist there's anything and everything in between between an atheism just answers the one question of do you believe in the existence of, of a deity or a higher power perfect that was a great answer and now you came back to the United States, you came back to the West, and then you decided to uh, open a couple, a YouTube channel and a podcast. So what was the genesis behind, the, uh, behind this, these ideas? Well, the, the YouTube channel was initially just my way to kind of vent a little bit because I, I was frustrated and I was going through a, a period where I, I fell in love with science. I was soaking up all these different new ideas and I was watching all these, you know, educational videos and, and I started realizing it wasn't really meshing with my uh, my religious upbringing but at the same time I've always been passionate about wanting to do something positive entrepreneurial make the world better I'm inspired by people who are you know out in Silicon Valley or who are you know biohacking or transhumanist or doing something you know incredible to try to push humanity forward and every time that I would go to coffee shops in the Bible Belt then I'd be surrounded by just conversations about like the same exact stuff that I'm sure people have been talking about to, with in one shade or another for over a thousand, two thousand years. It's always like, you know, oh, the Jesus doesn't want this to happen, and you know, oh, she did this, and I don't think that that makes God happy, and like this, you know, if only I could be a better Christian, I'll pray and do this, and it was just the same conversations regurgitated over and over and over by different <laughs> yeah. people, and. I found it extremely frustrating because I, I wanted to be surrounded by, you know, like-minded people passionate about changing the world and doing something awesome and creating a future and, and not just viewing this life as a practice run, but actually really valuing it and actually really trying to make this life in this world as amazing as we can. And so I started creating videos to kind of, you know, explore some of these topics that people are, are talking about but from a different reference point from the reference point of it doesn't really make sense when you break it down it really doesn't when you go behind the curtain and you start to see how it works then there really is no reason to follow this it's very obviously man-made and as soon as you start to realize that then you're you have a value shift mm -hmm. and i was trying to show people that like they could see the world in a different way and, and, and then create a better world as a result of it. So you were essentially debunking myths on your channel at first? Uh, to a large extent, it wasn't so much that I set out to debunk stuff as to explore it and to learn because I thought, you know, if something's true, it withstands any scrutiny that you throw at it. Exactly. But the more that I looked into it and the more that I explored it, then I realized that there was a lot of stuff that was put forward as fact that needed to be countered, that needed to be addressed. So like right now I'm doing a whole series on abiogenesis and prebiotic chemistry and looking at the stages and the steps to get from chemicals to, you know, to protocells and then eventually to cells that are, you know, evolving and, and transforming and, and shaped by natural selection into multicellular organisms like what we see today. That's so cool. But as you go down that, that process, and as you really dive into it, you start realizing how many of these different steps we've actually simulated in a lab and how many of them we actually have observed taking place. And we can try it with different um, chemical atmospheres that, that we use that um, 
when we examine the the Earth's geological crust, it's like, well, it looks like the, the atmosphere was composed of, you know, these molecules. Or, you know, you look at um, asteroids in outer space and you're able to see amino acids. You're able to see this stuff that's forming all throughout the solar system. It's mm -hmm. like it's not that uncommon. And then it's like, well, what stages do we need to get from there to life? And there's actually quite a lot of it that we've already discovered. And as soon as you start seeing those building pieces coming together and you start realizing that science doesn't know everything yet, but that's, that's what's exciting about it is like, we can learn. Maybe you could learn. Maybe you could be the person to discover it. And as you start to kind of pull back the layers of the onion and actually really explore the, these ideas and you're like, well, okay, if that's the case, then, you know, the earth is not 6,000 years old. And there wasn't one first man. There were entire populations that were, you know, thousands of people all evolving and changing tiny incremental changes over time. Just like there was no one day that you went from being a baby to being an adult. It was a very gradual change with no point where you could just pinpoint, you know, all of a sudden I'm a, an adult now. Yeah. In the same way, there wasn't just one point when all of a sudden it's a new species. It's like you're always the same species as your parents and your offspring. But at some point, you're different enough that you're less likely and eventually unable to breed with a different, a slightly different species. Mm -hmm. And when you start to see this, you're like, oh, there's no first man. Well, if there's no first man, then there's no one person that original sin can be transferred through. There's no Adam and Eve. There's no need for saving or salvation from an allegory, if mm -hmm. it's allegorical. Mm -hmm. And so then like the whole idea of the cross breaks down oh yeah so like i can take good teachings from holy books but i don't see any of it as literally true i i see it as very very man-made so that's a bit of a mouthful but hey, that's no, kind that of was, why i'm doing awesome. what i'm doing no that was real, very well done uh, do you do you, do you find it very frustrating sometimes that you, even though you you were very eloquent in explaining this and the science is there um i find it very i'm sure you'll agree i find it very frustrating when a lot of christians all just Stubbornly butt heads, you know. Like I was explaining the 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 whole science of Noah's flood to to some lady the other day, and she said, "Well, that that that's man's word. That's not God's oh. word." It's like, I, what are you doing? My lady? every interaction with exactly. my mother. Exactly. It's like <laughs> it's not man's word. It's data. It's data. You know. It's. Well, I think you you have to lay a, a groundwork when having these conversations, and there's there's two different types of of people that you can engage with and I'm, I'm vastly simplifying this but for the most part there are people who are genuinely curious and want to learn and in their mindset truth withstands any scrutiny that you throw at it and so whether they're christian or muslim or buddhist or atheist they're gonna look behind the curtain and they, they want to know they want to know if they're wrong and they're open to having their mind changed because they want to go where the truth leads and then there's people who are just out to convert you who are yeah. just out to change your mind yes now, the more you become convinced of an idea, whether that's just through indoctrination or through just beating your head against the wall and just, you know, chanting mantras until you're, you know, thoroughly brainwashed, or whether it's through gathering evidence and data and really trying to understand how something works, the more convinced you become of a position, the less likely you are to, you know, really be out there to, to ask you know, at this point, and, and I say this as someone who I try to stay as open-minded as I possibly can be. I try to be as open to new ideas and open to being proved wrong 
as I possibly can be. But at this point, if someone comes along and tells me that, oh, you just need to get your chakras lined up and that that'll, you know, prevent you from getting any kind of cancer because, you know, you've opened up your third eye to some new astral realm or something, I'm going to laugh because <laughs> I know enough about how biology and anatomy and chemistry works and I know enough about these alternative ideas and I know that they've been proven wrong time and time and time again and that there's no evidence for them and that there's a vast amount of evidence that should be there if, if it was true and there's a lot of evidence to the contrary that that's not how our bodies work and so to that extent it's like you keep your mind open but and I, I forget who originally said this it's been attributed to Carl Sagan to James Randi to a bunch of others but keep your mind open but not so open that your brains fall out <laughs> nice. yes. I love it well wait a minute you, you telling me there is no such thing as a third eye what's this thing in the middle <laughs> of my forehead then uh, oh it's a milk dud okay <laughs> never mind <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, I don't know if this is too crude for your listeners, but I've heard that the third eye is the butt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, that would explain so many things. Because I see a lot of assholes it's out like, there. <laughs> and, and you got people like Gwyneth Paltrow trying oh to put God. things in the <laughs> little jade eggs. Oh. Jade eggs, yes. Yeah, jade egg goes up your wahoo. <laughs> <laughs> or is that her fourth eye? Oh, my gosh, Probably. <laughs> Yeah, um, we could almost do an entire show just on Gwyneth Paltrow and her goop. Uh, so, so Thomas, uh, so far, have you uh, found um, much success with your uh, with the YouTube medium with your your channel? Yeah, it's it has its ups and downs. To to some extent, you are a little bit of a slave to the YouTube algorithm. You know, if they yeah. want to promote your content, then you're going to do better than if they don't. Um, but you know, it's it's constantly a battle to try to you know, create good content and then to market it. You got to do both. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have any kind of distribution platform, well, then you got to really have an on point hashtag game. You got to be a part of a lot of Facebook groups. You got to be sharing it all over in different places where, you know, people are where your audience is. You got to grow an audience, grow an email list, do all these different things, have a website, do search engine optimization, you know, but I think, over time, like as long as you keep putting out really, really, really good, solid content and you research it well and you make it entertaining and funny and, and visually appealing, people do share that content. They do subscribe. They do like it. And it, it's taken me a couple of years to get to this point, but I've, I think I have about almost 46,000 followers right now. That's and it's, awesome. it's growing wow. every day. So. See, this is why we're not popular, guys. We don't put out good content. Out yeah, there. you should have more science on here, Kevin. Hey, science. Well, well, you get us a scientist then. You don't have a segment. Uh, I get, have a Harry Potter segment. Yeah, Thomas, we've been uh, we've been asking lately. Uh, we've been kind of in our interviews. We've been uh, kind of asking um, our guests. Uh, have you seen much of a difference between then and now? You know, as in when you started this. As to where you are today, do you think you think atheism is getting better? Do you think we're getting worse? What's your opinion on on a difference in time that's been going on there? Maybe even that's, especially in the political oh. spectrum that you're in today, especially in the United States, right? That's, it makes it even worse. It's really difficult because the the world is not one homogenous thing. So you might have people who they become more open-minded to atheism, but at the same time they'll slip into these weird pockets of woo and they'll go into these weird completely evidence-free zones of spiritualism and supernatural mumbo-jumbo. 
and it's they're they're searching for some type of void to fill and they don't realize that you can actually find how not only how the world works which is an extremely beautiful thing that like we can know how the universe works by studying it and by examining you know the universe and by doing scientific tests and experiments but you start seeing people that are slipping into this just like weird realm of mystery as though mystery somehow is on a pedestal and so there, there's kind of this this tug and this tug of war between you know you're trying to pull people away from the religious dogmas but at the same time you're trying to show them why not just why they shouldn't believe in that dogma and the the bs and and all of that stuff but also why the natural world is full of explanations that don't have to be rooted in just you know this this spiritual goo if, if that's – I don't feel like I'm explaining myself well, but like there, there's always pitfalls that people will fall into even mm. if they're they're not atheist or even if they become an atheist. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're skeptical or that they're critical thinkers or that they know how the scientific method works. Well, so I'm trying to – Oh, it's so, like how you teach kids not what to think but how to think. Exactly. Exactly. So I've been trying with my channel to not just – talk about you know oh you should be atheists and religious people are all horrible and stupid and idiots i'm like no i'm i'm not just trying to push people away from religion i'm trying to give them the groundwork to know how to think for themselves how to think critically and how to think clearly and how to how to be rational and logical and, and science-based and i think once you lay that foundation that that's something that sticks with you for life. Yeah. And I do think that a lot of people are starting to understand that. They're starting to grasp that. They're starting to realize it. But at the same time, you've got America kind of on the verge of a religious theocracy. You've got people yeah. like our vice president that thinks that evolution is you know, just this weird hypothesis that scientists have faith in. You've got people that are denying climate change. You know, Scott Pruitt, the head of the EPA, you've got um, – everyone from Ben Carson to Betsy DeVos. And so, like, as far as the U.S. is concerned, I think we have a really long ways to go. Mm -hmm. But globally, I do think that there has been a shift in the last few decades towards rationality and that there has been a massive spike and increase in people who are, are using science-based thinking to, to come to a more secular worldview. Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas, do you, hold on a second. What, what you? Your mouth breathing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> I mean, no, no. no I'm a mouth breather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just getting like. <laughs> I'm Darth Vader all of a sudden. <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> I just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> You're pointing at my, my nose and your nose. What are you, what are you doing? So, so, Thomas, just out of curiosity, are you in a scientific profession of some kind, or is it is it your passion and your day job is entirely different? I'm more of an enthusiast. I have a background in political science, which is Ooh. not exactly a hard science. But I also have a, uh, a a career more in computer science, and you know, I worked with databases a lot, and I you know worked with computers and web development mm -hmm. and programming and stuff so i don't necessarily have a background in say like physics or chemistry but i have studied them pretty extensively just as a hobbyist so i, I read tons of books by everyone from you know kraus to brian green to mm -hmm. um I, i'll read books in like biology by like dawkins and stuff and so like i'm exploring a very wide array of topics to get 
a kind of a broad understanding of how stuff works, but I don't necessarily have the depth of, say, a postdoc in any of these fields. Mm. So you're real, you're well grounded in in content and delivery, which is great. I mean, I'm, I can understand why you uh, you know you've progressed where you are, and you're you're happy with uh, you know the, the the content that you're putting out. Yeah, because we're grounded in goofiness more than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> it's how we get through our hard lives. We're passionate, Kevin. <laughs> okay, passion is good. Well, I mean, I've been making videos since since I was a teenager. I had. I used to make these stop motion Lego videos. Oh, cool. the, the first video I made, I was like 15, and it was this absolutely horrible little choppy <laughs> thing. And then by the time I graduated high school, I'd put together this entire Prince of Persia themed, you know, multi shot Lego video with sound effects and, you know, him chopping people's heads off and stuff. That and it was pretty nice. epic. <laughs> but I look back at that and then I see like how far I've developed just in my, my ability to edit movies. My brother's helped a lot because he, he actually works as a full-time editor. And so, you know, he's kind of given me some tips and shown me how to use some different things. But a lot of it is just self-taught. I just – I used tools like lynda.com and I'd go on YouTube and watch tutorials and just pick up different techniques and learn the software that I use. Awesome. Great. .com. Okay. So with the things that you're doing and the content that you're 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 covering in, in a lot of ways, you uh, you remind me of of the things that Aaron Ra is doing as well. Are you in contact with him? Do you do you watch any of his his videos at all? Oh, I'm I'm good friends with Aaron. I I've, oh yeah. I've not only spent almost every conference that I go to, me and Aaron bump into each other. So you know we're, we've we've known each other for a while, but I've also visited visited him in texas and he that the series that i'm doing on, on abiogenesis both both of the scripts so far he's reviewed and looked over as well as i i have three different biochemists that will help me to verify it for accuracy just to get that peer review in that's awesome yeah that's great interesting interesting uh thomas do you do you feel that sometimes uh, when you uh, your audience are mainly atheist obviously uh, do you feel that sometimes the movement the atheism movement is uh, for lack of a better expression, resting on their laurels. I, I find that they have a tendency to say, well, we have the truth on our side, so we don't really need to do get into the political muck of things. Do you think that may be a mistake? I don't see that so much. Oh, and that really? might partially be because I am an activist, and so I'm, I've surrounded myself with other activists. But like especially after the, the last presidential election i saw a massive surge in content creators that became way more active the the membership for organizations like the freedom from religion foundation and american atheists absolutely just shot through the roof and the attendance of conferences has been going up people starting local groups and local organizations it's been increasing i've put together on my website a resource to help find local communities and groups and you'll see organizations, both humanist organizations like Oasis, um, groups like Skeptics in the Pub, uh, Sunday Assembly, as well as just local meetups and hangouts have been on the rise. And so I'm, I'm really encouraged by that. But I've also seen a massive push in the, the YouTube community where I want to say around 2008 to 2012, there was what was in the initial golden age of atheist youtube and it was this pushback against the kent hovens and the ken hams and the creationism and it was scientists for the first time figuring out that oh hey i can put out a video with mm -hmm. a couple images and just destroy this stuff with the truth and they 
gathered millions of views. It was people like Aaron Raw and and Thunderfoot and Potholer fifty four and um, non stamp collector Dark Matter stuff like that. That they they garnered millions and millions of views in a very short amount of time, and it it really led me away from my faith watching a lot of these content creators. But then there was this fallout over social issues and atheism split, just like church groups have split for thousands of years into different denominations. And it was like various degrees of feminism, various degrees of social justice versus anti-social justice versus men's rights activists and whatever that means for everyone, depending on their definitions. And the infighting kind of fractured the movement, but in the last year or two, I've seen a massive amount of unity, especially with new content creators, and I've been really pushing it hard. I've put together groups of YouTubers. I've put together um, groups with you know over 60 new content creators. Some of them have hundreds of thousands of followers. Some of them have just a few hundred, but we work together. We do collaborations. We do shout-outs. We um, ask each other questions. We share marketing tips. And it's very cohesive. It's a mindset of a rising tide floats all boats. And we want to live in a better world, a more rational, sane world. And so we're working and we're fighting hard to make that happen. That's fantastic. We, we even put together a conference called the Faithless Forum this last um, – I think it was this last April. And yeah, we're doing I, another I, one I next remember, year. But I remember we, that. Yeah, we, we completely – it was in Dallas, Texas. We sold out all of our VIP tickets, and we only had like two months to put together the whole conference from start to finish. <laughs> and then it was just a one-day conference. But the turnout was amazing. It, it, everything was on schedule. It was ran extremely smoothly. People came away excited, wanting more. And I think we're going we're gonna to hopefully be able to deliver that a second time with an even bigger turnout. That's so awesome. it's, it, the movement's growing. It's, it's definitely growing. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that, that kind of blends into my next question. I was thinking, you know, given the political landscape that you guys are in, and you know, uh, for us as Canadians, when we we're watching the United States, uh, for us it's kind of scary because we look at the country and we think, wow, you guys are like one or two steps away from becoming a theocracy, essentially. Uh, but you living in the country, do you, are you positive about the future of uh, secularism in the U- U.S. Or are you maybe negative about it? I'm politically a bit pessimistic right now Uh i'm waiting to see what the midterm election results are and how that pans out and followed by the next presidential election i mean it comes in waves you're in the u.s most of the time we know if if we elect a republican president the next president is probably going to be democrat and it, it you know seesaws back and forth but i don't think that progress is inevitable some people say oh the you know progress is we're just Things are always getting better. And I can look at places like Turkey with Erdogan and I can see it becoming less liberal Mm. and more extreme. And I can look at situations, isolated situations, and see that it's not necessarily an inevitability. In the U.S., we've had a lot of progress. We've had a rise in secularism. I think that the largest growing group of people in the U.S., are the nuns. They're the non-believers, the non-religious. And the millennial generation really does give me hope. The next generation does give me hope. But it's not inevitable. We have to speak up. We have to create groups. We have to, to promote ideas. Like, I know atheism only answers one question, but I yeah. think that there's one, a couple, there's two things that all of us agree on. One of them is that you can be good without God, that religion doesn't make you more moral, and in some cases, it actually dictates things that are extremely immoral. Yeah. And the second thing is that we should 
have a separation of church and state. We're all, all of us who are secular, and even many religious people, they don't want a theocracy. Mm-hmm. They want a neutral government that, you know, doesn't favor one religion over another, that doesn't teach one holy book over another, that we dictate our laws and we govern based off of a scientific understanding of how the world works. And I think that those two things alone are worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, I don't think that progress is inevitable, but I do think that we, we have seen a lot of changes, even if there's, you know, political back and forth and that the country has become increasingly polarized. I do see people who are really changing the world and whether it's entrepreneurs or scientists or inventors or whoever, there's a lot that's happening and we're, the internet alone has given us just such a vast amount of information. Now it's hard to, to sometimes tell what's true and what's not, mm-hmm. but people are like, it's, it's a brand new thing. You know, 10 years ago, I got on the internet, watched some YouTube videos and thought that aliens were in Roswell. And, <laughs> but I was, you know, the more I learned about how conspiracy theories work and how cognitive biases work and self delusion works and how the brain works, like, I'm not going to go back to those delusions. Yeah. Once you learn how to think critically, you very seldom will, you know, backtrack into something like that. And I think more and more people are not just learning it, but spreading this understanding to their friends and their family members. And once it gains a critical mass, then I think that we'll see religion start to, to peter out. And it, it, what will be left is some, you know, nominal version of it. But it'll take a lot of time and it'll take a lot of effort. And it'll take a lot of people who are bold and coming out of the atheist closet and willing to share their viewpoint on the world or at least teach their friends and family how to think rationally, whether or not they're an atheist or, or agnostic or deist or religious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very well said. And I don't believe in conspiracy theories except for one. We have uh, one of our crew members, Nancy, is the wandering Jew of legend. <laughs> that's not a conspiracy theory. That's, that is that's, fact. That's true. That's fact. It's complete yeah, fact. Yeah. Uh, is that I, the, yeah. the one that never dies? That's yeah. right. Well, that's right. I'm, I'm the one. I, I was here at the beginning, and I will hear, be here at the <laughs> never, never. She's end. almost the alpha and yeah. omega at this continuing, point. <laughs> continuing presence She's in the world. She's also a master assassin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, I, I believe that 7-Eleven was a part-time job. <laughs> 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 Thomas, what's next for the, your channel, Holy Kool-Aid, and your Here and How podcast? Let's so so the, the biggest thing with Holy Kool-Aid is this abiogenesis series. Yeah. I have been wanting to do this since before I started my channel. I just didn't have the understanding. I didn't have, you know, anyone to help me or to, you know, I wanted to make sure I did it right. So I kept procrastinating it. But I have two videos done already, and I've gone from simple chemistry all the way to kind of like a proto-cell, and I'm working my way up to complex eukaryotes, one video at a time. And then I also want to kind of go back and show where did everything come from? What do we know about the nature of matter and how you can get matter from non-matter and how you can have a universe come from nothing, how you can have stars that are, are synthesizing complex elements you know how do you get from something like hydrogen to the the more complex elements that make up the world and Mm -hmm. us and whatnot and so i'm kind of wanting to outline that story go from start to finish and show how we have a a gigantic universe that i I think to quote carl sagan it's like a universe with no end in time and no boundaries in space and nothing for a creator to do the more that we understand these these gaps for God are getting smaller and smaller, and it's mm-hmm. it's making the God of the gaps argument yep. the most obsolete argument and yet overused argument in mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And what about your podcast, Here and How? Um, for the Here and How, the biggest thing is, uh, I mean, every single week we explore a new big idea. So we've looked at everything from the future of artificial intelligence and robotics to, you know, can I just recorded one for next week that's, or we just recorded one um, with Rachel Oates and Rationality Rules that's on, um, can we predict the future? Mm-hmm. And, you know, could we simulate a universe? And it's very fascinating topics. But the biggest thing is I just want people to, to start thinking bigger, to start, mm-hmm. you know, examining and exploring the possibilities and thinking outside of a little bubble of their, you know, current life and, and their current little pocket in wherever they're living in some small town and actually start thinking about like the future of humanity, the future potential of the human race. And if we start to kind of unlock that mindset and as we start to have kind of this mental zeitgeist, this shift towards this way of thinking that that is so much bigger, then I think that humanity can really accomplish a lot. And so the, the podcast is just kind of a way to to explore these big ideas and to get people to think bigger and then hopefully go out and create a brighter future. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thomas, if people want to find you and your channel, where can they, get, where can they reach you? Uh, YouTube.com slash Holy Kool-Aid is my channel. I have all my links on HolyKoolAid.com. I've got a Facebook community for people to join science-loving skeptics. Um, and for the podcast, everything is on the here and how.com or you can find it in any of your podcast, your favorite podcast apps. It's the here and how. Yeah, not here and now, like I do, do because I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of content there to explore, regardless of whether you're um, scientifically oriented or not. It's a way to really open open your mind and think in different ways and absorb mm-hmm. ideas that were foreign to you, but make your world a better place. So, great great projects, and I know it must take a, a lot of your a lot of your time to put all of this together. Oh, I, I have a blast doing it, and I uh, honestly, I if if I had to choose between this and I, you know, I was. Before I quit my job in IT, I was making about probably two or three times what I'm making right now easily, but I I didn't really feel a sense of purpose. I didn't really feel like I was happy with you know just doing the grind, and, and now that I'm able to really dive in and explore the things that I love and then just help communicate those to others, I, I very much it's, it's very much a passion. Fantastic. Thomas, thank you so much for being with us today. I, we certainly appreciate that, and we hope everybody's going to take a look at your channel and follow you. But for now, before I let you go, i got to have you say, Hi, I'm Thomas Westbrook of the Holy Kool-Aid channel, and I took a left to the valley. Hi, I'm Thomas Westbrook of Holy Kool-Aid, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Thomas Westbrook of the Holy Kool-Aid. Oh, fun conversation. Oh, science. This, yeah, this guy's really smart, obviously. Jeez, I feel kind of like stupid here compared to that guy. <laughs> I mean, you know, what an enormous project, and, and he's so passionate about yes. it. And he can devote time, you know, to to each step of the way and put out the video so it's coherent and other people can get excited mm-hmm. about it, passionate and about it, and learn. It's it's wonderful. It's I, great. Admire, I admire the fact that, you know, he, he decided to quit the, 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 the rat race, if you wish, of every day yeah. to pursue his passion. And I have nothing but admiration mm-hmm. for somebody who does that. Yeah. It also makes me really happy just hearing how involved he is in the atheist community. Yes. Whole and, yes. Yeah. And how much good he's trying to 
shape it into. He, I think he is part of, you know, you know when you think of the first generation of, well, you can't say the first generation, but the older guard generation of atheists, you're thinking of Arn Raw and Seth Andrews and all that. Kind of like the first one that kind of brought it to the yeah. public. He's part of a newer generation of that that's taking it to a step further. And yeah. I think their message is positive, their outlook is positive. And, and right know, now we need positivity. Mm-hmm. We absolutely the need the positivity. Positive vibes are <laughs> necessary. Guys, the weed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm never that. That joke is going to be constant. Now, yeah, he's guys. got a great. He's got a great following. So yes, yeah, absolutely. So we'll look forward to bring him again and see what kind of projects develop and uh, bring some of his colleagues and we'll just have some mm-hmm. more fun. Uh-huh. Like we usually do. Time for my rant. Now this week, an ex prime minister decided to take the initiative to visit the president of the U.S. To maybe douse some of the flames of the trade war happening between two neighbors with the longest undefended border on earth. On the surface, it seems like a decent, almost Canadian thing to do. Let cooler heads prevail. I'm not falling for it, and neither should you. Had a liberal ex-prime minister done this when Stephen Harper was in office, there would have been outrage and call for treason. To consult a foreign leader without consulting the current Prime Minister is unthinkable on Parliament Hill. But there it is, and the reasons are sinister and cowardly. If you talk to most Canadians, they have no idea who Andrew Scheer is. The Conservative leader is so bland he makes bean salad look fun. Make no mistake, Harper is going to kiss Donald Trump's ass in an attempt to boost Conservatives' outlook for the next election. What if Trump came out and said he'd rather deal with Scheer than Trudeau on trade, and he would rescind the tariffs just in time for the next election? Do you see it? The old conservative guard is trotting the old economic fear argument, hoping it would fool us all. They're quick to drop trousers and grab ankles to appease Trump, and in the next couple of months, economists of all sizes will blame the current government's bravado for every ache and pain our country suffers. How dare they stand up against money and the U.S.? And this divide will happen not not only along left-right lines, but also between generations. The old guard will quiver at possible economic recession and want to remind you that you enjoy your standard of living and your stuff. So what's sacrificing your dignity and morals to bow to U.S. pressure to safeguard your precious American SUV? Isn't that what matters? It's the economy, stupid. What these conservative dinos forget is that you are speaking to a new generation of Canadians, one that's driven by principle, not material gain like the boomers. We are standing for what is right, not what's economical, and that's why fear, religion, and unrestricted capitalism isn't finding a home in Canada, despite the fear-mongering and Trumpism the conservatives are pushing. They are a dying breed, and the future of Canada, a country known for standing up to bullies, is looking brighter and brighter. Don't give in to fear and selfishness. Be proud to stand up, even if it's on a less shiny box. It's the Canadian thing to do. And that takes us to the end of our show. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us on the show, guys. Uh, oh, geez, there goes the music. 
<laughs> you can follow us at leftatvalley.com. You can follow us at, at LATV Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook. You can send us an email at leftatvalley at outlook.com. Coming up. What do we got coming up, actually? Where's my... I don't know, Kevin. What do we have coming up? Yes. Tell us all. Send, send your complaints also to Nancy on the third floor. On the balcony because the weather's getting better. Yes. <laughs> Next week, we'll be talking to Scott Marshall about Love Explained. Oh, that's That'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. On the fourth year, we'll be talking to Professor Jerry Coyne okay. about Free Will. I'm so excited about that. On the 21st, our old friend Eli Bosnick comes back. We're all excited for that. He has a special guest, and I just bought myself a rifle, and you'll find out why. <laughs> <laughs> and on the 28th, we have Dr. Ben Davis, who's coming back. He's going to talk to us about junk science. Oh, good. Awesome. And in August, we'll have Anthony Magnabasco, and we'll be talking about street epistemology, and we'll also have our old friend Michael Sparks. Yeah. He'll be talking to us about politics, oh, U.S. politics versus Canadian politics. You know what? I'm thinking maybe we should bring Thomas, if he's, he said he was in, in the politics as well, political science. So maybe we'll bring them both in. That would oh, be fun. That would be Ooh. interesting. It would be interesting. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, it'd be good to have Michael back because yes. of the political climate with Bernie and the political climate now. And What's going on? And and we have yeah. much to discuss, I believe. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, ladies. Anything else we need to say? Um, you can go walk around Hogwarts in VR. She could do that. Uh, hey, don't uh, me. Hogwarts uh, is beautiful. This is way of me. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. Until next time. Awesome. See you guys. Problem. Religion is a disease. It comes from culture. Only true on a regional scale. Science is universal. Are you to say that Horus isn't real, but Jesus is? Or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu, you don't believe in them? Apparent. You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an Take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God They get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best To keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business He loves money too much We know that they love the kids But how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them We teaching them to respect them Respect them Fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards, and the only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained, millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet, you're not alone, speak your mind, time to let it be known. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist, 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 I'm an atheist.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.